We're partnering with NoCD to raise awareness about OCD. OCD is more than what you see on TV and in the movies. Imagine having unwanted thoughts about your relationship stuck in your head all day, no matter how hard you try to make them go away. That's relationship OCD. It comes with unrelenting, intrusive images, thoughts, and urges about your partner or loved one. Breaking the OCD cycle takes effective treatment. Go to nocd.com to get evidence-based treatment. Happy Friday, everybody. And it's almost Valentine's Day. Such an exciting time of year. It's so nice to talk about love and to share love and give gifts and doing the whole classroom Valentine's things. (laughs) Those are always so fun. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about relationship OCD and continuing that conversation of what do you do if you experience repetitive, intrusive thoughts when it comes to your relationship? And more specifically, we're going to be focusing on those aspects where perhaps you are over-focusing on the flaws, either in your partner or in the relationship, as well as if you're experiencing doubts. And those doubts can show up in all sorts of ways. We will be getting into those details in today's episode. Hi, I'm Erin, licensed clinical mental health counselor and OCD specialist. I'm also a Christian, wife, mom to three, and small business owner, helping those who are overwhelmed by stress to climb out of that valley and enjoy the view. Reheat your coffee and pop in your AirPods to learn how to boss up to OCD. All right, if you are someone with OCD, I imagine you've probably heard from somebody along the way of like, why don't you just not think about it? And how insensitive can that feel, right? So let me give you an example of what it's like whenever you have OCD. And this goes for everybody. So right now, I'm going to say a word and I don't want you to think about it, okay? I want you to get ready and you're going to prepare yourself. I am not going to think about this thing that Aaron's about to say. You ready? Pink elephant. Yep, you heard me. Pink elephant. Do not, I repeat, do not think about the pink elephant. I don't care how pink it is or how big and elephant looking it is. No, do not think about the pink elephant because that pink elephant has nothing to do with your life and you shouldn't be thinking about it. How well did that work? Probably didn't, right? That's my point. It's not like you're trying to think about a pink elephant on purpose. If anything, you were trying not to. In fact, I told you not to, but you still did. When you have OCD, that's what makes it involuntary. You're not trying to think about these things on purpose. It just happens. When these thoughts come up, it's what do you do with them? With OCD, we get the involuntary thoughts, sure. But then the other layer here is that someone with OCD, they get frightened. They get scared. They get upset. They're frustrated or nervous, all the things. And So with your pink elephant, okay, yes, it popped up and maybe it didn't bring you any distress, but what if your pink elephant was carrying a knife or what if your pink elephant was like, oh, you're going to do this very bad thing. And like I've told you, OCD is a shapeshifter and it really likes to tear down the things that you love most. You'll find that if you are experiencing relationship OCD, it's perhaps because you really love your partner. You really love your relationship. But definitely those thoughts can feel very troublesome and make you stay up late at night questioning the authenticity or the genuineness of your 
relationship or genuineness of your feelings, it's a tough road whenever you are in that boat of OCD and it impacting your relationship. Because what's life if we don't have someone to spend it with? All right. And the other thing when it comes to these intrusive thoughts, I want you to remember that it's important to not just distract yourself because that's the other thing I've heard too. Well, if you're not thinking about it, then why don't you just keep yourself busy? Okay. Well, that sounds like another problem in and of itself because busyness, we do that all the time and look at what it's doing to our society. But that's a soapbox for another day. It's important that you're not trying to distract yourself from the intrusive thoughts. It's that, and you'll find this happy medium whenever you're working with your OCD specialist, like you're going to find those techniques, that mantra or that skill that really resonates with you. And sometimes, just to be honest, it is like helping you manage and work through that discomfort in a way that works for you and your unique situation. So instead of distracting yourself, like I don't want you at all to be like, oh, let me go numb out on video games or let me go get high on marijuana so I don't think about these things. No, those are like self-sabotage and do not serve you in the long run, nor will it help anything in your life if you're just burying yourself in another distraction. So what we want to do is really invite in that mindfulness and help you find that here and now and being in the present moment without the distress or acknowledging that the stress is there and Just because you feel it doesn't mean it's dangerous. And just because you think it doesn't mean it's true. Now, with the mindfulness, you could also think about those times when it's, yes, I acknowledge and I know that my anxiety is going to come up whenever you see your ex on social media or if you see your partner's ex on social media. Your anxiety is going to go up whenever you see any of those people in your feed. And so instead of distracting yourself or like a classic OCD person might do is they will research and try to get reassurance. So instead of doing that, allow the thoughts to come and allow the thoughts to pass. You're not going to allow yourself to feed into the fear. Let's try some scenarios of true or false. And as I'm talking in today's episode, you can change out the pronouns depending upon your identified preference with your relationship. All right. So if I say boyfriend, but you're interested in girls, feel free to use the term girlfriend. Or if you're married, you can sub in and out husband, wife, or non-binary, whatever your preferences are. I'm going to use the term boyfriend and or husband for the sake of the conversation today. All right. So in this true or false How many of you think things like, how much do I love my boyfriend? True or false? And how about the question of, how much does my boyfriend love me? Yep, probably thought about that one. And the next one I think is a real doozy, which is, do I love my boyfriend or am I just comfortable? Yeah, because that tends to come up a lot in relationships of, are we really in love or are we just comfortable? So we will talk about that. And then the last question with our true or false is, how do I know I love my boyfriend? Yeah. So if any of these come up as true for you and you are experiencing any of these questions in your relationship and they come up 
pretty consistently and they also bring you stress and then you're spending more than an hour a day trying to investigate and get reassurance on these questions, then you might want to consider reaching out and getting support from an OCD specialist. And you know what a lot of these questions remind me of? It reminds me of those elementary days when you're out on the playground and out in the courtyards and you pick up a daisy and you're saying, he loves me not. He loves me not. And it's like you're relying on all these outside forces to give you the answer or you're shaking that eight ball. Does he love me? Yes or no. Or maybe or sometimes. (laughs) And we know that relationships are more complicated than that. And our anxiety and our OCD wants us to get reassurance and certainty. And relationships can be complicated. The dynamics are always evolving and changing. If there are any shortcomings in your relationship, it can definitely take some time for you to work through it. And it does take two. I want you all to remember that. It does take two to make a relationship work and to make a relationship stronger. It's not a one-sided thing. And with that being said, like every relationship has its ups and downs. You may see the Facebook version of someone else's relationship and You may fall into that comparisonitis problem, and I want to remind you and encourage you that you cannot base your relationship upon someone else's relationship on social media, because you don't know what happens behind closed doors, and I want to use this time to help really zone in on what matters most to you in your love life and in your relationships. Yeah, every relationship has its ups and downs. If you and your partner never fight, that's a problem. Yep. You heard me right. Because if you and your partner never fight, that signals that maybe somebody is too passive or somebody is suppressing what they really want to say. All in all, the best way to go about a conflict is for the two of you to reach a compromise. A compromise is when I want option A, they want option B. How can we agree and come to option C? So that way it is that give and take, that mutual understanding and respect for each other. And when I say, also, when I say fight, I'm not saying anything at all about domestic violence. Do not tolerate any domestic violence or abuse. And there are plenty of resources and shelters to help get you on your feet or help you get out of that dangerous situation. When I'm saying fight, I'm talking about just the verbal disagreements or those times when you and your partner are not seeing eye to eye, like those sorts of things. And also, if if you and your partner have a fight, I know that can feel very uncomfortable and unsettling, but remember, just because you have a fight, it doesn't mean that your partner doesn't love you anymore. And that's what I mean too, like about those doubts. When those doubts start to creep in about your relationship, oh my gosh, my husband or my boyfriend or whoever is mad at me, does that mean that we're going to break up or we're going to get divorced or we're not going to be together anymore? And no, it does not. And honestly, it seems like some of the strongest couples out there are the ones that have the best conflict resolution where they know the tango when it comes to their disagreements. Like they know how to dance with it, how to move with it, and then how to end on a high note. The best parts about a relationship is that you're spending your life with your best friend. And who doesn't want to have a lifelong companion who understands you, supports you, and just gets you? 
I am a Christian, and I firmly believe that God designed us for a relationship, ultimately a relationship with Him, but He also blesses us with our earthly relationships to help us connect with others and build a life that we can worship and honor Him in our relationships. So it's so beautiful whenever you find someone who is like-minded and shares interests, shares hobbies, and is supportive of you. So with the relationships, and if you ever see any of the work by Dr. Sue Johnson, I really love her work because it's talking about how in our relationships, we want to feel prioritized and we want to feel important. And when those aspects are lacking, that's when we start to get into trouble and we start to get into those unhealthy dances of protesting and reacting and trying to get our partner's attention and sometimes in unhealthy ways. But I really love the work of Dr. Sue Johnson. And if you are a caveat here, if you are someone who is struggling in your relationship and is looking for some type of relationship counseling, I highly recommend finding a therapist who does emotionally focused therapy. That's a very effective form of couples counseling. And it's based upon the work of Dr. Sue Johnson. Nevertheless, getting back to today's topics and content, I'll be reviewing the Relationship Obsessive Compulsive Disorder, or ROCD, and that's the subtype of Obsessive Compulsive Disorder that revolves around your persistent doubts and anxieties about your romantic relationship. Common manifestations of ROCD can include hyper-focusing on your partner's flaws, doubting you if you love your partner, and second-guessing if you have found quote-unquote, the one. All of these scenarios can create a cycle of distress, and we're going to be talking about all of them, and I'll be offering some insights to help you boss up to these aspects and help you develop some coping mechanisms in order to overcome them. Now, as we know, OCD is characterized by intrusive, unwanted thoughts that lead to rituals and or compulsions, and those rituals and compulsions are done in order to help ease your anxiety. In the context of relationship OCD, you are bringing in or experiencing obsessions about your relationship and you're doing rituals or compulsions to help ease your nervousness or discomfort when it comes to your relationship. Some examples that come to mind here when it comes to hyper-focusing on your partner's flaws or the flaws in the relationship is like when you are excessively preoccupied with the imperfections or the shortcomings in the relationship. And those shortcomings or imperfections, I mean, we're all human, right? And that's something that, again, can come up with every single relationship. And it seems like whenever you are in that long-term committed relationship, that's because you and your partner both have a mutual commitment to work towards solutions, resolutions, and goals together. With the imperfections, it is so easy to get caught up in the negativity, and it's also natural for us to get overly focused on the negativity bias anyway. And I think we can all agree in acknowledging how that shows up on social media. And social media, yes, it can have some good intentions and make some great movements and put out good information. But I think we can all agree that there are definitely times when social media is very negative. It's like watching the news or something like you just got to 
take a step back from it. But oftentimes in a romantic relationship, you and your partner are both coming from different backgrounds. You have a different upbringing and you've got different life views and you may think you know somebody, but that may be based on an assumption. And so you may find out in your relationship like, oh, I didn't know you believed that or I didn't know you had that opinion on this topic. So it can totally happen where your individual differences and expectations and preferences clash. So here are some other examples of shortcomings that can happen in a romantic relationship, like communication issues. If, especially if you and your partner have any complicated relationship histories or trauma in your background, communication can be difficult and it can lead to misunderstandings, frustration, maybe distance yourselves from one another. You may have challenges in expressing your feelings or your love for one another or demonstrating that active listening. And the active listening is where you are <laughs> not thinking about what you want to say in response to what your partner's saying. It's like you are being in that moment, hearing what they said, and then responding versus reacting. So yeah, communication issues can happen, or maybe there's not enough emotional support. And feeling unsupported can lead to a lot of unmet emotional needs in the relationship. And that can definitely feel like a shortcoming. And overall, as I'm going through all of these examples, remember that no one is perfect. And it may be more important in the long run to notice and see if your partner is willing to make changes. Because if they're not willing to make changes, like that says something already, that's not a good sign. I really like the idea of the growth mindset versus the fixed mindset, because with the growth mindset, we are always growing and changing and have something to learn. With the fixed mindset, it's, oh, I've already learned everything I need to know, and I'm good. I'm done learning. When really, it doesn't seem like life is like that. It seems like life has a lot for us to learn, and we're always learning. I mean, it's, and it's also like that cliche of learn something new every day. And so I hope whatever you're going through in your relationship, or even if you're single, like just remember that we're all learning and growing. And you can probably attest to this too, that you're not the same person you were 10 years ago or let alone even five years ago. We all change and evolve and development doesn't happen through our childhood years. I mean, it happens throughout the lifespan. Other imperfections that can show up in your relationship are trust. And trust is a very fundamental aspect of a romantic relationship. And we all want to have honesty and being truthful and upfront, not hiding anything. And oftentimes when people lie, it's because they're afraid. And if you're a parent, <laughs> you may notice this with your kids. Yeah, your kids are lying because they don't want to get in trouble. It's not because they're evil in spirit. No, it's because they don't want to get in trouble. And in your adult relationship, let's take ownership of any wrongdoings or what have you. And just talk about the fears or the concerns we have. And I know that's tough. I know that's tough. And it takes a lot of courage to share what's really on your heart. Other imperfections can be like when you have different values. And so that can make it I mean, really challenging if your core values or your life goals or your priorities don't match with your partner, 
And so part of our discussion today is let's clear the air on what OCD is and what's more typical in your relationship and really getting to the root of what you're hoping for out of this relationship. And if your partner's values, goals, and priorities don't match yours, that's a significant problem because that can absolutely create tension in any relationship. It would be natural to worry if you and your partner are not compatible if you let alone don't agree on the bigger issues. You may think, oh, those bigger issues, they're not a problem now and we'll probably work it out by then. I will strongly caution you to reconsider. And if you are a Christian, allow me to challenge you for a second. You have, and listen, I'm not trying to push my beliefs on anyone. I'm just trying to provide the information and allow you to think deeper on some of these topics. If you're a Christian, how many times have you heard your church leaders, whether preacher, pastor, whatever term you reference them as, how many of you have heard them recommend that you need to be equally yoked with your partner? And you're like, gosh, that sounds so gross. What does equally yoked even mean? <laughs> so it comes from the verse of 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14. Here's the verse from the New International Version, which says, Do not be yoked together with unbelievers, for what righteousness and wickedness have in common? Or what fellowship can light have with darkness? And that is sharing. There's just a mismatch. And I understand it can be controversial. It can get complicated if you're a believer and your spouse is not or vice versa. Then there is another verse that talks about choosing your friends wisely. And that comes from Proverbs 13, 20. And it says, if if you're a believer, stick with godly friends that will pray for you and help you. And so the verse says, walk with the wise and become wise. Associate with fools and get in trouble. So it reminds me of the common knowledge that we have of like guilty by association. And yeah, it's just along those same lines. Um, Right. Other areas of perceived imperfections include problems with intimacy. And that intimacy can show up physical intimacy, sexual intimacy, emotional intimacy, where you're just having challenges with maintaining affection or compatibility and having that emotional closeness. We're partnering with NoCD to raise awareness about OCD. OCD is more than what you see on TV and in the movies. Imagine having unwanted thoughts about your relationship stuck in your head all day, no matter how hard you try to make them go away. That's relationship OCD. It comes with unrelenting, intrusive images, thoughts, and urges about your partner or loved one. If you think you may be struggling with relationship OCD, there's hope. NoCD offers effective, affordable, and convenient OCD therapy. NoCD therapists are trained in exposure response prevention therapy, the gold standard treatment for OCD. With NoCD, you can do virtual, live, face-to-face video sessions with one of their licensed specialty trained therapists. It's affordable and they accept most major insurance plans. Breaking the relationship OCD cycle takes effective treatment. To get started with NoCD, go to nocd.com slash savage. So intimacy can come in several forms, and sometimes that can be an area of a shortcoming or imperfection. Unmet expectations is another one where if you're not getting your needs met, things can go sideways. These situations where you have unmet expectations could look like not spending enough time together. 
So someone with OCD, they may have episodes of feeling like they need to spend all of their time with their partner, and that's not healthy either. But consider it as getting a reasonable amount of time. Another unmet expectation here is feeling like if your partner is not invested or as invested as you are and can feel like the relationship is one-sided. And that can be frustrating and disappointing if it feels like you're putting in more effort than your partner. Nobody wants to feel that way. And then there's the lack of appreciation. If your love language is words of affirmation, then you definitely thrive off of those words and compliments and the gratitude where your partner is appreciating you. And if you feel unappreciated or undervalued, that can create a rift in your relationship. Depending upon your love language, and I'll talk about that in a later episode, you may receive love better when your partner shows you words of affirmation. Like if your partner is giving you gifts, but you're like, I don't really want your gifts. I just want your compliments and you showing me appreciation. Like your partner can absolutely do that once they know. (laughs) But sometimes it's hard to get to that place of acknowledging what's going to work and then troubleshooting it. And so that's where it's helpful to have an outside unbiased party to help you figure these things out. With conflict, we all handle conflict differently. And if you and your partner have a hard time working through problems, those differences can create even more difficulties and challenges and frustrations in your relationship. So uh, sometimes like with conflict, you're partner may avoid you or avoid talking about the topic and that's frustrating or it could be the stonewalling where they get so overwhelmed that they shut down or maybe they get aggressive in some sort of way or they throw everything out and the kitchen sink and then you're confused on what you're even arguing about in the first place. There's so many examples of how conflict resolution can go wrong and it's very frustrating whenever you can't find common ground but When it comes to that conflict resolution, the most helpful information I can share with you at this time is if you and your partner can both agree to some sort of compromise and resolution. But yeah, the imperfections, it can vary from person to person and relationship to relationship because we're all different. And in speaking of all of us being different, like it's not going to serve you nor help you if you are hyper-focusing on the flaws and the challenges of the relationship. And it's totally different if we are acknowledging there's a problem and then trying to work towards a solution. What's not helpful is whenever you are calling up your mom and constantly complaining about your boyfriend, your husband, your partner, like that normally never goes anywhere. If you are venting about your relationship to your parent I strongly encourage you to reconsider doing that because that is not going to strengthen your relationship in any kind of way. And when you're hyper-focusing on your partner's flaws, you are dwelling on their imperfections when look at the log in your own eye. I mean, we're not perfect. And someone with OCD, they can get stuck or feel trapped in fear that they're making the wrong choice or wrong decision and They don't know what to do about this unsatisfying relationship, and so it just consumes their thoughts. It could also strain your communication because you're having a hard time expressing your genuine feelings because of the fear of judgment or rejection. 
and with any other OCD subtype, we tend to avoid. I mean, the compulsion could be to avoid. That's the behavior you do in order to avoid the anxiety. And so you may avoid just discussing your concerns and then you're leaving your partner in the dark and or your partner may not even know. And I'm sure it's happened to a lot of us where we we could bottle things up or we see our partner bottle things up and then all of a sudden it comes like out and you're like, whoa, that came out of nowhere. That felt like left field. It's important to discuss things. And with OCD, it may be hard to recognize what is real, like what is a genuine concern versus what is your OCD. And so going back to one of those tips I gave you in a previous episode is what would 100 other people say about this? Are you being reasonable or are your fears unreasonable? And so that's something for you to tap into and you're not going to find the answer on Google. Okay, do not give in to that compulsion to research on the internet. Before you know it, you've spent hours on the internet and it does nothing to improve your relationship. If anything, it's just continuing to feed your anxiety. And with the OCD and over-focusing on your partner's flaws, I mean, think about the self-esteem both on you and on the other person. You may start to internalize the flaws and blame yourself and think that it's your fault that the relationship is not thriving or going the way you feel like it should. Self-criticism is not going to serve you either. And with someone who has OCD, it can feel very constant and persistent. So when it comes to the hyper-focusing on the flaws, remember, try to shift, right? It's not like you can force yourself to not think about pink elephant, but what you can do is start to think about what's pleasant about that pink elephant (laughs) or what is pleasant about some upcoming plans you have or what's going on right now in your relationship, it can be very easy to lose sight of what is going well. And that's where I encourage you to put your focus. Focus on what is going well in the relationship and the things that aren't going well. Write it down. Let it be. And consider talking to your partner about doing couples counseling and working through this in couples counseling. And again, you can have a couples counselor and an OCD therapist. So you can have more than one therapist depending upon the issue. And that can help you work through your own OCD stuff while you're also bettering your relationship. And with those flaws, whenever you are over-focusing on the flaws, that can naturally lead to doubts in your relationship, like wondering if you found that long-term partner, if that's what you're looking for. So many times I come across clients who are in the dating scene and they're afraid to ask, they're afraid to ask their date if they're looking for something long-term. And I'm thinking, if you're not compatible, if you don't have the same goals, then what are we doing? Think about your goals and that's okay if that's your goal. If your goal is to date, to get married, then so be it. Try to be open and honest about that up front. And if that scares the person off, then at least you're not wasting months or years before you figure out, oh, they aren't interested in getting married. (laughs) Like, it's okay to be open and communicate what your long-term goals are. And whenever you are over-focusing on the flaws, that can lead to feeling like you're not compatible with your partner Hopefully you do share similar values and life goals and visions for the future because that's what 
compatibility is about. And it's okay if you don't share 100% compatibility with the other person. Like it's okay if you and your partner have different interests, but you can also come together for other hobbies, interests, and goals. Okay. And some of the most healthy relationships, they're, they're also called interdependence, where you and your partner are both independent of each other. You're not codependent. You're not fully dependent on one another, but you've got certain areas where there is some level of dependence, but it's not overextending yourselves or it's not all encompassing. And so we call that interdependence. And imagine if you are so worked up and focused on your partner's flaws, like you can't get past it to where you're not talking nicely to them. I mean, it totally happens, right? Where either it's it happens to you or you do it to your partner where you say something cutting or just a rude tone and everybody's caught off guard. Whenever you're not being heard or you're being misunderstood, I mean, it's hard to effectively share your feelings and your needs. Over-focusing on those flaws is not going to serve you. And when it comes to the doubts in our relationship, sometimes with OCD, we can experience things like commitment worries, like we are questioning the level of commitment that our partner has with the relationship. So again, gather what your expectations are up front, and that way you can gauge if your partner matches that. All right. So with the coping strategies for the relationship OCD, and this is in addition or just re-summarizing some of the things I've already talked about in today's episode. First is having that mindfulness and the acceptance where mindfulness is allowing you to be in the present moment without judgment. Nothing's right or wrong, good or bad. It just is what it is. And you can accept your partner's flaws and imperfections as a natural part of any relationship. So how wonderful would that be if you can just take that deep breath and relax and acknowledge like every relationship has its flaws. I don't have to research. I don't have to overly worry or overextend myself with worry about this. Even though my partner has this sort of thing going on, I still love them and we can work through it. And this doesn't impact the overall wellness of our relationship, okay? Another strategy is having open communication where you are open and honest up front and you are discussing any concerns you have or any fears openly with your partner without any fear of them getting mad or avoiding you or breaking up with you because more often than not, your partner is going to appreciate you being direct with them and not beating around the bush nor going a roundabout way like through your friends or through your family to problem solve. Go to the source of the situation with your partner. Just speak directly to it. Take a deep breath and have that conversation with them. And in challenging the negative thoughts, that's going to be another strategy for you where you can acknowledge that some of these thoughts are irrational, meaning they're not logical, they're not reasonable, and that it's not helpful to focus on your partner's flaws. And again, consider seeking therapy so that you can work on challenging these negative thought patterns. Your thoughts can change, like I've talked about with the OCD brain and the neuroplasticity. All of that was to build into the context and the platform that your brain can change. And it's just fascinating and 
all the research that's coming out with that. So whenever you go to therapy and you're working on those negative thought patterns, or if you're hunting for a therapist, in fact, you're going to want someone who uses cognitive behavioral therapy, because that's when they look at the thoughts, feelings, and behaviors that are playing into what's happening, and they can help you in redirecting, refocusing, and challenging those thoughts, feelings, and behaviors so that you are living a happier, healthier life, and that cognitive behavioral therapy and the exposure and response prevention are those strategies that are helpful and effective in treating OCD and the relationship OCD. And the exposure and response prevention, you're going to be exposed to the triggers and you're not going to be allowed to do the rituals or the compulsions. And I understand that that sounds frightening and scary and uncomfortable. And that's why it's helpful to have your therapist there with you to help lead the way and provide a safe space for you to explore these things in a controlled environment. And your therapist is going to provide you with more skills and a plan and the guidance to help you in reframing your thoughts. And this will in turn help you build a healthier relationship. So all in all, whenever you are dealing with OCD, it tends to attack the things that you love the most. And so if you are experiencing OCD in your relationship, it's likely because you sincerely love your partner And if you have additional concerns about your relationship, seek out an OCD specialist and you may want to consider a relationship counselor, but also let your relationship counselor know that you have OCD and you have certain tendencies with your OCD so that they're aware of how your OCD shows up. Okay, because that can be very important for the relationship counselor to know whenever you're doing any kind of couples work and any couples counseling. And I totally get it whenever you are over-focused and some of this could even go towards your own flaws. If you've got your own stuff getting in the way of your relationship, I mean, that's stressful and uncomfortable. And ultimately you want a happy and thriving relationship. And just know that not every relationship is perfect. Not every relationship is without a disagreement. There are times when conflict is necessary and it's unavoidable, but also that conflict could lead to greater things and a healthier situation all around. I hope helping you see that you can have a healthy relationship, even if you have OCD, and it helps shed light on how you can shift your focus from the negativity or the stressful things to the mindful practice of things are what they are, allow me to deal with it, allow me to manage it, allow me to move through it in a way that it's not going to hold me back. OCD is not going to be your boss anymore. And OCD is not going to dictate your relationship and how you show up in your relationship. And remember that seeking support is a sign of strength. You are using the resources out there and the resources that are available to you because you want to make positive changes. All right. I am continuing to work on the private podcast Thank you to you all who have already signed up for the private podcast waitlist. I'm so excited to see more people coming in and getting on the waitlist. I can't wait to launch that private podcast. It's scheduled to be released before the summer of 2024. Here soon, I'm going to be opening up the show for your questions. So I've got a link in the show notes where you can submit your questions about OCD. Now, keep in mind, I'm only taking up to 10 questions per month. So stay tuned if your questions will be featured on the show. I'm very excited to hear from you all, and I really want to make this more 
of a dialogue and a conversation because I would love to hear your questions and do a segmented time of a Q&A. So whatever questions you have, feel free to put them in the form that I have in the link in the show notes. I'm happy to hear your questions. And yeah, I will share them on the show because more than likely, if you have that question, other audience members have that question too. Future episodes, I'm planning on continuing the discussion about relationship OCD. In the next episode, it's going to be more targeted and focused on that fear if you have found the one. And I'm also considering doing episodes on celebrities with OCD. I'm going to be talking about the harm OCD, eventually talking about sexual OCD. Those can be a very sharp discussion where we are talking about things that are taboo. We're partnering with NoCD to raise awareness about OCD. OCD is more than what you see on TV and in the movies. Imagine having unwanted thoughts about your relationship stuck in your head all day, no matter how hard you try to make them go away. That's relationship OCD. It comes with unrelenting, intrusive images, thoughts, and urges about your partner or loved one. Breaking the OCD cycle takes effective treatment. Go to nocd.com to get evidence-based treatment. And that's the challenging part about OCD and why people don't normally share things when they're struggling with their internal OCD thoughts, because these are things that we don't normally talk about in our society. So I really wanted to give that opportunity of shedding light on all of these other aspects of OCD and give you some education about what it looks like, how it can show up, and where to get help, because help is certainly available, and I want you all to be well, and as I get into episodes where we're going to be talking about more challenging or more stigmatized topics, I will put out a trigger alert, because I want you to feel safe and know what you're getting into with the episodes. All in all, thank you all for being here. It's always a pleasure speaking and bringing light to getting help with OCD and reducing any type of barrier to getting help because you don't have to live this way. Thank you all again for being here. Take care and I'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to today's episode. This information is intended to be helpful and not a substitute for professional counseling. Before you go, kindly leave me a five-star review and check out the links in the show notes to see the products that can make your small business dreams happen. Take care and see you next time.